head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 247 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Shawnee Podcast, Sean Sheehan, the pod god. Joined today by the Jason Sherlock of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonnell, as we talk about... Abdi- oh, you know who he is, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, he played against uh, Liverpool in a preseason friendly uh, for Shamrock Rovers, I believe it was. As oh, well, really? Is that true? I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Shamrock Rovers, but he definitely played in a preseason friendly years ago uh, against Liverpool, and it was like I think when he was like twenty twenty one. And uh, there's a, there's actually a decent. It's not great, but there's a decent documentary on RTE about him called Jail. Oh, nice. I, I, I say that because we started the podcast before and somehow got into talking about uh, GA. And you said you don't even care that Dublin won five All Irelands. You never even heard about it. Well, what's this about? Like you call yourself a proud Dub and you don't even care that Dublin won five All Irelands. No, well, I know they won five, but I, there's not people talking about it around it. Like in, I, I don't, like people aren't as inter- as into it as the the boggers like yourself are. I don't care about football, like, but I, I'm sure to be a lot. <laughs> you would if Limerick were good at it, though. <laughs> this is a... you'd love it. You'd love it if, if Limerick were good at it. No, Limerick were actually pretty good at it there about 15 years ago or something. We you should have beaten Kerry like three or four years. No, but none. But they, they were they were as good as Kerry for like two years there at one stage, and when Kerry were like the best team, and uh, I didn't really care about it then either. So it's although I I'd like to see Limerick doing well. No, I've nothing against them, but like I, I'm sure that a lot of people would be tuned in here, probably thinking I'd be giving out about Dublin. But it's a it's a sad turn of events that you are actually giving out about Dublin. So I'm not giving out about Dublin. I'm just saying that they're by far the best, and it's kind of just nobody really talks about it anymore because it's just compl- it's not a you know it's uh, when you I suppose it's a part of it is probably when you when you're so dominant it kind of becomes the norm and it's not as exciting. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose it's getting the same now for me as a Limerick Harlem fan. <laughs> so, although no, we're not, we're not as bad, but yeah. But you know, when you won that, when you were, you were there when they Limerick won the yeah. the hurling, weren't you? Yeah, it was. Like it? if you if you won it five years in a row, the fifth time it probably wouldn't be the same, like chemicals released in your brain and the same. Like, I, I think no, I adrenaline. think it'd be it wouldn't be as good as that one, but it'd still be pretty good. Like I know you don't, you're not a big fan of of the Dublin football. Like say if Liverpool won five in a row, you'd love it every time. Like I, I'm that way for Limerick Harlem. Like I. When I was in fucking nappies, I was going to Limerick Harlem matches. Like, I absolutely love Limerick Harlem. But it's, it's an interesting... I suppose there's so many people in Dublin as well like that. It's, you know, even if 20% of the people love football, that's a big percentage. And you might still never hear about it, even if you're on the other 80%. But, yeah, it's interesting. Look, as, yeah. a, as if people a, haven't seen Hurling, you, you should check it out. It's yeah. a bunch of crazy buggers and Irish people with sticks and a tiny ball. Dublin aren't bad at Hurling, though. They're okay. Yeah, are they? I don't know. Yeah, this is anyway. Speaking of Dublin, uh, we okay. We're starting off the podcast this week. Um, we're going to do the UFC Dublin talk, the Bellator Dublin talk, and a little bit of maybe of judging talk if we get the chance. Uh, and then, and we're actually recording this on Saturday, so after the event that's happening tonight, the Corey Anderson Jan Blachowicz, uh thing, I'm going to pop on, do a twenty minutes review of that, talk a little bit about it, and then you'll be listening to this right now. So we're doing it that way, just because we didn't kind of want to rush. 
the Bellator Dublin UFC Dublin talk because there was kind of so much news uh, this week and to preview the card next week we kind of needed to give it a little bit more time rather than jamming in on a Sunday so that's uh, that's why we're here so Graham it's been a big week hasn't it for, for Dublin MMA for MMA coming to Dublin and everything like that obviously with Bellator coming up next week in the UFC like the first thing I, I was thinking about talking about this and obviously we're going to talk about Bellator and then we're going to talk about maybe the UFC Dublin for a, a little bit but to kind of interject them for a second like it's it's different, isn't it? When the UFC announcer they're coming to Dublin, like I was getting texts from people saying when their tickets out. You know, people were sharpening in, getting getting DMs on on uh, on Instagram from people I never heard of before saying, "Oh, what's the crack shot? How am I going to get tickets? Is McGregor going to be in the main event?" That doesn't really happen at Bellator. You get the odd one for Bellator, definitely. But have you noticed that a little bit since the UFC Dublin? Uh, uh, obviously, the August fifteenth. Uh, if, if you're living under rock, August fifteenth, the UFC are coming back to Dublin. Ha- have you heard a little? Has it been a little bit different for you? Yeah, well, the, the, those as as they always say, those three letters are kind of what the what the Fertitas bought, and they definitely have a lot of meaning to people. And uh, people would just buy a uh, a UFC event ticket without knowing who's on the card, but probably wouldn't do that with any other organization. So it's definitely uh, an extra excitement, and people kind of looking to get tickets, or or can you get me tickets, or or how do I get tickets, or do do you know the the code or whatever? Like there'll be a lot of that coming up. With Bellator, you don't really get that. Um, you, obviously, it it sells out and all, so uh, they don't really they don't really need that. But I think these UFC cars have proven in the past when they sell out in like three minutes, six minutes, all that stuff. That there's just a huge uh, draw towards those three letters UFC. Yeah, and I think the thing about Bellator, I don't think any Bellator show has actually sold out yet, but they've all been to like you know maybe 500 of the time well, not all of them but the, the recent ones anyway have been to maybe within 500 sold out so you know as good as sold out but the difference between that and the ufc is if you went up to the box office on the night of a bellator you could buy a ticket and go if you went to look for ufc tickets 15 minutes after they come out you're probably not going to get one you know i think that's the, that's the kind of difference there it's taken nothing away from bellator they have done an unbelievable job and you know we're obviously going to have a chat about that but the UFC is different, even if the card is not as good as a Bellator card, which, you know, the recent Bellator cards have been pretty good. We'll talk about the one coming up, obviously. You know, we had MVP, we had Benson Henderson, we had Miles Jury. You know, if the UFC brings something as good as that, you know, with James Gunn and with Peter Queeley and with all the rest of them as well uh, on the cards, if the UFC brings something as good as that, it'll, it'll be great. But it's interesting now, I wonder, is this, you know, we, we did a kind of a breaking news podcast over on Patreon, but... Is this maybe the start of a little bit of a war locally? Do you think that, like, when I, when I heard this news, I was like, hmm, so it's coming out the week before Bellator. You know, I just, the day before I got the email from Bellator talking about, you know, the schedule for fight week and all, and the media day and the weigh-ins and everything. I was like, right, getting set now for Bellator. I think most people, like, covering the, the, the sport and maybe people going even, like, we're a week out, right, we're getting set, where are we going to say, how are we going to get there and everything like that. And then, boom, the news comes from the UFC and everyone's tweeting about it all over the world they're going back there is McGregor all this talk comes from them do you think that was like a shot from the UFC saying right Bellator you think you're running the place but mm, we're we're still here too yeah well I, I definitely think they they at least uh, said or they at least thought oh well if we're going to do this Dublin card we might as well announce it in the, the fight week of, of Bellator just to take a bit of shine off them mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a they've declared war or anything like that and they're like oh we need to take take back this UK market or, or anything like that. But there's an EMEA like division, uh, kind of one that deals with the UK and uh, Europe and Asia. So 
maybe those guys are thinking, you know, we don't want to get fired here. We need to we need to turn this Bellator thing or this Bellator creeping up on us thing around. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if it would be like a, a Dana White, Aria Manuel thing, but I, I'd say maybe it might be an EMEA office thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting as well because there, there is a period, and, you know, I've written about it for Shardog, we talked about it here before as well, that it was slipping away a little bit. And I, I don't think, you know, at one stage it was their most important market, you know, when they were bringing Rampage over and fighting in, in England and they were putting on huge London cards and everything like that. But for a time there, it, it really wasn't, you know, they were they were coming to Ireland, they were putting on the Irish guys, but then they lost all the Irish guys, so they just didn't bother coming back to Ireland. And the cards over in the UK weren't blowaways. No, so there were some of them, they still, you know, they had Bisping fighting for uh, the title in... Uh, in Manchester and things, but most of them weren't absolute blowaways. And, you know, it went from that really important market from which, you know, maybe apart from Canada at the time, it came in with Brazil and, and you know, the UK and Brazil, uh, it became their most important markets overseas. But I don't think it is anymore. You know, they're into China now, lots of places in Asia, Australia, New Zealand, absolutely huge market for them as well. Uh, so, it, it, there was an adjustment there definitely but it feels like they're they're readjusting a little bit because you know uh, Dana White has often said you know he respects the way Vince McMahon has done stuff and business wise I'm not talking about you know the in ring or in cage stuff and you know what Vince McMahon has always done is decimate everyone everywhere all around the world in every area of America and everything like that if you get a stronghold buy them all up yeah buy them up and take it away and that's what the UFC have done as well you know they they got rid of strike force elite xc they you know they own invicta well basically own invicta they have it on fight pass and everything you know they've they bought, they bought wec in the past bought wec well. exactly and they've never really you know apart from japan with pride of you know own pride as well <laughs> as well now that was the only real place that that got them anywhere and this is maybe the first time since then that someone else has done that with, with Bellator buying up, well, not buying up, but signing up Gallagher, Fabian Edwards, all the, not all the local talent, but a, a large percentage of the local talent here. You still have some good guys, you know, Irish guys like Ian Gary and and uh, and Paul Hughes and all those guys coming through in, in Cage Warriors and Joe McColgan as well. Maurice McKee. And Reese McKee, yeah. But they have the vast majority of them. So it's interesting to see is this... Are the UFC just coming back to Ireland because they're coming back to Ireland? You know, it's been, what, five years since they came back to Ireland and they were due coming back. Or is this maybe the signalling with the big uh, London card coming up, which is a pretty good card, you know, Tyron Woodley versus Leon Edwards. That's that's a pretty, pretty good fight there. It's interesting to see what the main event will be with this. And it's interesting to see if this will kind of signal uh, a, bit of, uh, a bit of a war. And... Bellator are probably coming back in September as well. I'm sure we'll ask Dave Green and all about that next week. But they, it's you, you know, for the last few years it's been February, September, so it's going to be August, September. You could have a UFC and a Bellator in Dublin in the space of three or four weeks. So that's that's going to be an interesting. I, w- idea. I wouldn't be surprised if Bellator postponed that a, yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, people are going to be you know spending money on UFC tickets, which are more expensive than whatever Bellator thirty or fifty quid. Mm-hmm. Um, the UFC tickets, like there'll be a few. Cheap tickets, but very few. Yeah. They'll be gone on like Fight Club and all that, like a newsletter. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, people will be shelling out that going to the UFC. It's a, you know, obviously it's not just a ticket you pay for. You go out. Most people have a few drinks and night out afterwards and stuff like that. So, the the, the wallets might be a bit empty for for it to go again the, the next month. What about this? What if Bellator put on a show in July, brought out the tickets before the UFC, put on a bumper card? What do you think of that? Do you think, do you think that'd be the way of doing it? They were going to pull out war. Yeah, they could try that, but then if it, it, it might not work out, it, it might end up with a, with a half full crowd 
Yeah. It's interesting. Like these <clears> next couple <throat> of months yeah. are very, very interesting. You no, know, we we talked about Bellator. Before. Will Bellator will Bellator see this UFC move as as a a kind of shot at them and want to take a shot back, or will they mm. just think? Mm, yeah, you know, it's hard to know what, what, what they're thinking. I'm looking forward to going up to that Bellator Media then next, next Thursday and asking a few of these questions because it's, it's a very, very interesting time. But I, I sp- Instigating. Instigating, yeah. Well, uh, like uh, <laughs> like Ariel and Nick Diaz, I saw it, uh, watched the interview the other day. Uh, you're always you might inst- get slapped. <laughs> you're always instigating fights, uh, Ariel. And he's like, between the fighters, is it? <laughs> Like yeah, that's that's you know that's that's our job. That's what we're here to do. But uh, yeah, let's see how it goes. And we'll we'll talk more about Bellator in a second. But let's we're on the I was planning to start with Bellator, but let's we're on the UFC now. We might as well stay with the UFC. Right, the, the big question, and I know we we discussed this. If Patreon people have already heard it, like, but any chance McGregor's on the card? Like for me. I think, obviously, there's a, a small chance, but I think a very small chance. And the, the main reason, obviously, being Conor McGregor is the UFC's biggest draw of all time ever. No no debate about that at all. He's an absolutely huge draw now on pay-per-view online as well, and the first person ever to be that, uh, to, to get over a million buys. If they brought that to Ireland, if they had that at 10 o'clock Irish time, 5 o'clock uh, uh your um et and even earlier in La- uh, los angeles and the, the west coast of america would it sell as many pay-per-views the answer is probably not um so are they going to give uh, up it's that not money for a pay-per-view card it's yeah, a fight night card it's well they could i'm sure if conor mcgregor was on it they could quickly change that but yeah, yeah. It, it's, I'd, say, I'd say like you know conor would like to be on that card like i i'd, I'd be i'd be shocked if he didn't um would it not be in a pay-per-view with the time zones all that stuff um they could try to do a, a oddly time pay-per-view but uh, you know it, it would be a risky maneuver to do with obviously your biggest star unless mcgregor was willing to take like a huge pay cut to be on this card but, i honestly think um, the only way you could do a pay-per-view in ireland is uh, you know if you got somewhere in the middle of the night to that put on a put on the event but i don't think that's possible or if you did it in st patrick's day i really think if you did it during the day on st patrick's day and you'd conor mcgregor fighting in ireland people are at home they'd be drinking they'd they'd buy the pay-per-view i i think that's like maybe there's another day but i think that what would time be, the would best be? Day. in vegas it would be what time three o'clock was, in the day two o'clock in the day yeah, two o'clock in the day, and then what? Four, five o'clock in the in LA and yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh, no, five like, o'clock in New York. Paddy, no. Yeah, or sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that could work on Paddy's day, but mm. the arena is just small. The yeah. the point. We could it's do what, it 9, in thousand, nine and a half thousand. You could do it in Croke Park, but. But it's yeah. been announced as yeah as no well dude, I, this is later on the year I'm talking about further down the line like I, I don't yeah, think it's, yeah. I don't think it's possible yeah to do it in a, in a, like if it was on the right time if you could do it in the tree the weather arena, in March as well yeah. is, it's, there's there's so many issues like if you could do it in the tree arena in the middle of the night I reckon they'd actually do the it point. yeah or, or the point yeah <laughs> I, I reckon they'd do it like, if if you're drawing fucking a million and a half pay per view buys with Conor McGregor or whatever you're not that bothered about the, the gate I know they are bothered about the gate and all but if McGregor pushed for it if he wanted to do it maybe he can push for the three arena to have one in the middle of the night and and do it then but in ireland in the middle of the night dude, you know there's so many reasons behind it but look it's <laughs> that, there, there's a lot of talk we could talk about conor mcgregor being on the card it'd be great if he was on the card i'm sure he'd love to be on the card would he take a pay-per-view to be on the card would he love it that much i i think he might but <laughs> i suppose we'll uh, we'll wait until we haven't heard anything from him yet so Maybe maybe that's a sign that that, that he won't be on it. But uh, yeah, it, it should be fun anyway. I'm look, looking forward to the the UFC coming back. 
who right we're talking about like every time they go i sound like an owl they're going who every time they go to uh, a different place like sweden you're going to have gustafsson or latifi and other people on the card or in brazil you're going to have an aldo or an anderson or whatever in ireland they're going to have to wa- want to have Irish guys on it. You know, we've seen recently with the Bellator cards, the absolutely huge pop. The likes of James Gallagher in the main event has got. You know, Peter Queeley walking out. Kiefer Crosby's gotten huge pops. Being a Dublin guy coming out, they'll want Irish people and Dublin people on that card as well. And I suppose. Did you say Peter Queeley's a Dublin guy? Well, no, but oh yeah, who did I mean? No, I said Kiefer Crosby's a Dublin guy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. Right, well, uh, from Waterford, though, but sure, geez, you might want to get a bit of success going to Dublin, get a few All-Irelands, you have no All-Irelands down in Waterford, anyway, but, uh, you, like, I think, right, we, we talked in that podcast the other day about, obviously, the if Reese McKee wins here coming up in Belfast, I think everyone thinks he's the surefire one, even if they weren't coming back to Dublin, I think most people thought Reese McKee was going to get signed to the UFC, um, I saw Norman Park tweeting the other day that he signed a contract with KSW, so unfortunately he won't be on the card, uh, it seems like all the guys in Bellator are still under contract. I have, you know, maybe someone is on the last fight of their contract and they might be able to sign with the UFC, but it doesn't seem that way. And then we have the other guys that are maybe a little bit younger, uh, the likes of Ian Gary as the Dublin guy, and Paul Hughes, obviously, from up the north as well. It's slim enough pickings there in terms of lots of Irish guys who are ready uh, and from Dublin as well to, to fight in the guard, isn't it? Like... Okay, we maybe Joseph Duffy as well, another one we left out, Artem Lobov, uh, some people call out Alan Philpott as well, uh, to, to be on the card, I don't think that's actually a bad shout, he's fighting next week as well, so shout out to Alan for that, if he wins that he'll be three in a row, three wins in a row, he's an experienced guy as well uh, in that division, so maybe he could be called into the card, but there isn't really that big, uh, you know... Uh, wave of fighters coming through ready now for the UFC there's a big wave of fighters in Ireland at the moment but like 75% of them or more are in Bellator it's an it's an interesting yeah. thing here isn't it how this card's going to lay out it's, yeah it's kind of that in between stage is or in between uh, fighter at, at that stage of their career where they're ready for the UFC besides kind of Reese McKee as we mentioned mm-hmm. it's not really there and it's probably due to the lack of, of chances to fight and mm-hmm. you know if if for example, um, Ian Gary and Paul Hughes, maybe Ian Gary less so, but Paul Hughes had a been a, if the, the circumstances of, of fights and events in Ireland had been the same as they were five or six years ago, he probably would have had a lot more fights and maybe would be consider, a consideration for the UFC. But at the moment, he, it's just too early for him. Mm-hmm. Same with Joe McCulgan. He'd have a lot more fights if, I'd guess, if, if there was more shows in Ireland. Uh, uh, like the, like there used to be, so just yeah, there is kind of like a lack of uh, of people ready. Uh, obviously, Reese McKee has a win over Joy Herbert, who's a spectacular win over Joy Herbert, who's signed for the UFC and is going to fight soon. Uh, he's obviously we mentioned he's fighting in Cage Warriors, so if he wins that, he's the obvious one. Yeah, he's not from Dublin, but he has the support of the Irish. Mm-hmm crowd every time he fights anywhere in Ireland so I don't see that being a problem mm-hmm. uh, for the UFC that, that would be a good move to get him in as, uh, as long as he wins um, yeah so uh, yeah besides that though you know people like Carl Moore kind of need I don't know it's it's bad timing for them they kind of need to be on a couple of fight win streak or at least and they're, and they're not Carl so, Moore's um, a Bellator now though yeah yeah true mm-hmm. 
Um, that's the problem with lots of them. They're yeah. all in Bellator. Like, isn't it? So it's, like it's a couple of years ago, if, if, if the UFC had come a couple of years ago when Carl Moore was champion in Cage Warriors oh, and there was talk about him yeah. fighting yeah. for a second belt, uh, he would have been on it. But the time is just kind of coming at the wrong time. He's he's at Bellator. And even if even if he wasn't at Bellator, his, his recent record isn't maybe begging out for the UFC, crying out for the UFC to, to sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a few people as well saying, is there any chance Gallagher will be on the card? Absolutely no chance. You know, he signed Developer. They're huge rivals here, so they're not going to give their fighters over. I believe Gallagher only signed a new contract before his last fight, or the one before that, maybe. So he's well tied into his contract, and it'd be interesting to actually ask some of them next week, maybe how many fights they have left in their contract. Because if they have only one fight left, I'm sure a lot of them lads will be trying to get a big win there and and put themselves out there. But yeah, it's an interesting time because you know Paul Hughes, I think, is fighting. Uh, I think it's in Manchester, isn't it? And he's hoping to get on the Belfast card as well. So he'll be, what, five, six fights into his career then. He also had those couple of broken hands. He had, you know, as you said, it's tough to get fights. No one wanted to fight Paul Hughes because he's so good. So he has that little bit more experience. You know, it's not unheard of that someone with five, six, seven fights has been signed to the UFC, especially when they're unbeaten and they're coming to their, you know, their home country. So I could I could see Paul Hughes getting signed. You know, Ian Gary, I was talking the other day and, he said uh, after this news broke, and he goes, "Look, I wouldn't mind getting one fight on the on the UFC card, and then going back to Cage Warriors and having a few more fights before they sign me again." Which, you know, it'd be unprecedented. We haven't really seen that before, but I, that's not a bad idea, you know. And I like talk like that from someone who knows they need more experience, but wouldn't turn but if down. If he goes into the UFC and wins, mm-hmm. is he really going to go back to Cage yeah, Warriors? That's, or you, like, that's yeah. the thing, as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough one. They they probably wouldn't do that, but I like that sort of talk. Like, I, she's uh, for so many years. You know, we've, I've interviewed lads and even asked them about that, you know, about the, the come up and maybe uh, building themselves up rather than going straight into big fights and, and things like that. And most of them said, no, I want records for DJs. I want the big fights straight away. And I hated that. You know, I, I've, I've said it to people themselves. I said it on this podcast. But I love talk like that. I need to be built up. If I want to be the best fighter in the world, I need to be built. I love talk like that. So it's great to hear that from someone coming up like Ian Gary. You know, we've heard it from Paul Hughes. I heard it from Kiefer Crosby as well the last time at the media, Bellator Media Day. So it's a growing thing in Irish, I suppose. But I'm happy about it. Here's, um, here's a mock-up main card. Because I know the first question everyone's going to ask is, give us your main card for UFC Dublin. So here's my main card, right? This is this is pure madness now. But anyway... Right, Gunnar Nelson versus Wander by main event. Obviously, I think that's the, that's the obvious one. Paul Felder versus Joseph Duffy. That's maybe predicated on Paul Felder losing to Dan Hooker there coming up soon. So that's my co-main event. Reese McKee versus Nicholas Dalby. What do you think of that? Ian Gary versus Mickey Gall. Tom Breeze versus Daniel DeVatore. Boom. There's my main card for. Uh, Tom Breeze back, is he? He's fighting Tom next. Back, he's fighting yeah. next week. Tom Breeze is yeah. Oh mad. Yeah, Tom Tom Breeze obviously uh, had a lot of injuries as well, but a lot of potential there. Uh, I think mm, I'd love to see Wonderboy and and Gunnar Nelson, but I I think we might get Gunnar Nelson against somebody not quite as good as Wonderboy, maybe. Mm. But maybe I'm just yeah. They have kind of upped the you know the quality of the UK card, so maybe they will with the Irish card, but. Mm, I think I think if we got Gunnar Nelson versus Wonderboy, we'd be very lucky. Yeah, that is that is very true as well. Um, right, look, we'll obviously talk about that card a lot more before it uh, it comes up next week or next uh, at the end of this year. So we'll uh, we'll move on from it from now. If you have any more questions for it, throw it into us, and we will answer them. Um, on the on the podcast. Uh, before we get into the 
uh, Bellator Dublin card. Let's just a quick. There's a UFC card as well next week over in Auckland. Paul Felder versus Dan Hooker in the main event there. Kalarina Kovalkiewicz comes back. Jimmy Crude. Not the best card in the world here. Jake Matthews versus Emil Mech is on the undercard. Tyson Nam versus Kai Carafrance. I like that fight as well. Angela Hill is here as well. But not a fantastic fight card in general. What do you think of this Paul Felder Dan Hooker fight? That's a pretty good fight, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is a good fight. Like, Felder is obviously, um, you know, uh, kind of inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But he does have some dangerous weapons. And Dan Hooker kind of took a big step up. And it didn't, uh, he didn't. He, he held his own, like, but he, maybe he needs a bit more time. But he definitely has shown a lot, a lot of improvements. I think he's improving quicker than Felder. Um, I think he should have enough here, Hooker, to win this Uh Felder, Felder though, you know, like if it does turn into a scrap, like he he is good, like and he and he he is in a lot of close rounds, and I can see this going to a decision, and so I'd go with Hooker in this one, but I can see this being a close decision. Yeah, I'm very interested to see. Like, I think I think if it does go a decision with the the judging scoring system, I think Paul Felder might win it because Felder hits pretty hard, but I think Hooker Hooker hits hard as well, but I think he's more of a an accumulation type of guy, which over five rounds, if he can keep going and, and he has the cardio keep going, might might pay off for him. I uh, might even go to the judges because he might finish it in round four or five. But I just think this is a funny shit fight, to be honest. Two strikers who have no problem throwing bombs, who have no problem letting their hands go. I think it's I think it's going to be really good. I think I think it's destined to be a good fight, to be honest. I find this I find it hard. The, the only way it couldn't be like a, a really epic fight, I think, is if it finishes early. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that, and uh, you know, it's good to see. Go over, go them going back over to New Zealand. There's always a partisan crowd. You know, New Zealand's a little bit like Ireland. I think we're absolutely sports mad there. Love our local sports and our local fighters and everything like that. So Dan Hooker fighting there is obviously going to get an absolutely, uh, an absolutely huge pop. So I'm, I'm looking forward to. to and that. even like people like Jake Matthews, the, the Australians of the fighting on those cards mm. seem to get a lot of support as well, and people, people seem to travel over. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And there's a apart from the Bellator card in Dublin next week, there's another one as well. Uh, Ed Root versus Yaroslav Amasov in the main event. Brandon Gertz, Mile Jury. That's a, a pretty good fight there. Uh, Javi Ayala is back as well. Timmy, Timmy, Timothy John- Johnson, who we know as well, and uh, other people on that card also. Right, let's talk about Bellator Dublin. And, you know, it's kind of maybe flying a little bit under the radar because of the Bellator uh, or the UFC Dublin news. But, um, look, the, the big chat coming into this, especially this week, has been about, <clears throat> I, I think a lot of people talking about the Paul Redmond, George Carcanyon fight not being on the main card. And I think uh, Paul Redmond tweeted the other day, I don't give a shit, you know, I'm fighting, all of you are just talking nonsense kind of a job. And I... Usually I'd agree with Paul Redmond on that. I think for the last few fights, and even for, for this fight when the James Gallagher and Peter Queeley fights were uh, announced and this was on the undercard, like, it's my I'm not, it's nothing to do with Paul Redmond or anything like that. It's just my kind of, I just don't, I don't really care, to be honest. But the fact that those two fights got cancelled, right, you need, I think, to have one big quality fight there with meaning on it towards the top. Now, every fight is meaning for the fighters fighting on it, but meaning in, as in you're pushing on maybe to fight to a world level. Um, uh, Liam McCourt obviously is you know, very new in her career and they're obviously wanting to push her. We saw that at the last meeting today. I asked her about it and I'm fucking delighted they're doing it because they should be doing it for her, James Gallagher, Paul Redmond, everyone in this car, Kiefer Crosby, the whole lot. Uh, and I'm glad they're doing it for her. I understand why they're putting her in the main event. But, like, there's a couple of other cards. I understand why they're putting uh, putting um, 
the Geordie Shore chat. Aaron Chalmers up towards there as well. The Charlie Ward fight, though. I know maybe they're hoping Conor McGregor turns up, but is, is that enough of a reason? I don't know. I, like, I really think either the Paul Redman, George Carcanyon fight or the Ricky Bandejas, uh, Franz Mlamba fight should be in that spot. Just for the card itself, for the people there, and for the people watching at home. I think it, you need this big, competitive, good fight yeah. between the I two. Mean, like, you know, the, I think the, the Franz Malambo and uh, Ricky Bandeo's fight nearly even makes more sense just because mm-hmm. you're going to have the pantomime villain who yeah. kind of the only guy to beat James Keller. And I'm sure James will be there. Uh, well, I'd, I guess James will be there at the event. Yeah. Um, so that would kind of build the crowd up and uh, on the main card you want as, as much excitement and crowd interaction and all as possible mm-hmm. yeah I, like maybe with the Liam recording they think oh we can get on like BBC mm-hmm. or Northern, we can get on RT we can kind of push the first female headline in the card thing and get media attention that way so I can kind of understand that but yeah, yeah as you said it's a strange decision with the Redmond fight and the, the France fight yeah especially like as well you know, Charlie Ward, <laughs> we all know Charlie, Charlie doesn't like doing media, he's not going to be going out there doing interviews, I don't think he's even at the media there, which they, uh, which they announced the, lo- the lineup for the other day, and you're putting, you know, t- literally the only reason they're putting him there is they hope Conor McGregor shows up, you know, if McGregor's showing up, he'll show up anyway, I think, so, it's, it's a very, I think it's very odd, like, you need a card to build, and you have to obviously he was going to do that with James Gallagher in the main event, with Peter Queeley in the other main event, and like, the fact you have two main events here, and one of them is Bryn Primus versus Chris Bungard, which is a good fight. Look, I'm not taking anything away from it, but this is an Irish crowd, and unless it's like Vincent Henderson the last time, got a great pop when he was coming out, didn't turn out to be a great fight, but because people knew him, he's a known draw, he's going to get a pop like that, so that's a good fight to put in that spot. We know these two lads, but did a vast majority of people turning up there know Brent Primus? He fought like seven times in seven years there at one stage. I know he was a champion and everything, but it's a Bellator champion in a time where you couldn't fucking watch Bellator because it wasn't on TV. Like, I just think it's... This card is just... It's a, it's a mess the way it's laid out, I think. Just an absolute and utter mess. It's, there, there is good fights on it, but I think you could extinctuate the card and extinctuate the fights by lining them up differently. I, yeah. As I said, well, I usually don't care. Said all this though, the, the Bellator are known to just change their cards up at the last second, and That's nobody true, seems to know what the fight <laughs> order is. Yeah. So this fight order they sent out in the press release or the email might not be anything like the, the actual <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fight fight bout order. So like many a time, I'm like, oh, here comes the whoever fight France fight or whatever, and and no. Yeah. No, it's not. Remember, two hours. Remember that time they sent out the card? I was like, Kiefer Crosby is turned up. We all tuned in, and Kiefer Crosby had fought like a half an hour ago. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, we all yeah, missed the yeah. fight. Like, oh. But anyway. Yeah. Right, let's get into uh, a couple of these fights. I, I watched. Uh, let's talk about the main event first. Obviously, you know, it's for all the reasons you mentioned there, uh, Leah McCourt. It's great to see her in the main event. She obviously the first female in uh, Bellator main event here in Europe. Did Ashton Daly? I think Ashton Daly headlined that car down in Cork years ago. That Duffy and McGregor fought, and didn't she? Or I might be gone mad. I must look that up. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to look it up. But I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, did you know this is an absolutely fantastic uh, placement for for Liam McCourt, and you know she has done. She if you're we're talking about media and people pushing themselves and people getting in that spot, she probably deserves this more than anyone in Irish MMA she's done an absolutely fantastic job of putting herself if herself in those spots talking to uh bbc and having little bits of documentaries done on her and different things absolutely brilliant and bellator have done a good job as well by putting her in the media the media day the last day and 
putting her up in the the press conference and everything like that. This is what it, they should be doing with everyone. And you know, I, I actually wouldn't take much away from Bellator for doing that because they do great media days. They bring people there. They get you know they do a media day fucking two months before the fight and they do a media day the week of as well. Absolutely brilliant. I I couldn't fault them for for that. They're they're really really good at doing that. The PR team and all they're they're fantastic at doing it. Um, and this is you know paying dividends now. They can afford to put Liam McCourt in this spot. She's fighting Judith Reyes. I, I watched um. I watched a few or whatever I could find for anyway on uh, on YouTube in different places. You know she's she's not the she's not the worst fighter in the world at all. Uh, like she is pretty good striking, well not fantastic, but oh good striking on the ground. I think she's a she's a kind of a heavy top game if she gets Leah to the ground. I think uh, I I think she'll be she'll be hoping to do well there on top, but she seems a lot smaller. Than uh, the opponent she's fighting, especially for 145 as well. I think she's fought a 135 before, so that's interesting to see. She, uh, watching her, the, the biggest thing I know about her, she's kind of sneaky Brazilian jiu jitsu. She, uh, you know, kind of, she, even if she gets taken down or takes down herself, she kind of sneaks into these nice positions where she gets chokes and stuff in. And as we saw Lee in her last couple of fights, she's very physically demanding. She has good Brazilian jiu jitsu as well. And I'm sure, uh, you know, Andrew McGahan teaches her lots of that up there. Uh, you know, big and strong in her judo, we all know about that. Uh, is is really really good so you know it's an interesting fight it, what what do you think about it obviously you've seen you know leah coming up and uh, you know training you know, on roddy's gym and all it, it's uh it's good to see her in this spot isn't it yeah it is i i, I think it's, it's it's it could end up being a lot of pressure as well though she's early in her career like and four fights in this her fifth fight it's going to be probably a near sold out if not sold out crowd mm-hmm. hopefully the atmosphere will be big it's going to be a big test for her it's kind of uh, less pressure on her opponent Ruiz because uh, she's kind of you know the underdog and she's coming into hostile territory and, and all that so uh Liam McCord, obviously her judo is her is her base, and if she can work her judo, I think she she'll be able to win this. But if she can't, we've seen we've seen in her loss that if she can't work her judo against another, uh, when she fought the other judo girl that she lost to, then mm-hmm. uh, then it can it it, it it turned bad. I know that was this is all very early in her career, and that yeah. was even more early in her career. So the, there's probably more holes in both of their games than. Uh, Still, there's still holes in their games, but not as many as obviously before. But uh, it's hard to it's hard to predict in this because it's it's early in both of their careers, and we don't really we don't really know too much about Ruiz. Um, yeah, uh, it's a tough fight to call. You'd think that Bellator would have picked an opponent that they think uh, Leah can beat. Mm-hmm. So, as you said, she's a bit undersized compared to Leah, who's big, for, who's who's a big girl for the weight. So, uh, yeah, I think Leah McCourt will, will probably win this, but I, it's hard to call when you don't really know much about Ruiz, and there's a lot of questions about Leah McCourt's game still. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, it's always tough with someone that early in their career, but yeah, I think I'd probably just favor uh, favor Leah as well. The other main event then, uh, Chris Bumbar, uh, Chris Bungard, uh, Ben Primus. I suppose, you know, looking at Bungard's record there, he's been around for a long time. I suppose the one kind of big name he fought years ago was Colin Fletcher, and he ended up losing to him. Uh, and then he came in against Terry Brazier a few few years ago in that Bellator Newcastle card. And I suppose he was a big underdog in that, and he ended up winning in the first round via choke. I, you know, lost to Charlie Leary after that, and he's bounced back with a win. But this is a big step up for him against Bryn Primus, obviously an ex-Bellator uh, champion who's, you know, I, I know he hasn't fought that much and everything over the, over the years, but he's a good, a good solid fighter and this is a tough test, isn't it, for Chris Bungard? 
Yeah, well, yeah, like he's he's been injured and hasn't really fought that much. Baron Primus, but he's he's probably most remembered for the being involved in the the Michael Chandler Stool incident mm-hmm. <laughs> when he when he when he won the title. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just not that an exciting. It's not a bad fight, but it's not going to excite the the Irish crowd. Um, yeah, it's a it's a strange comment event choice. Yeah, uh, the other fight in the main card, then apart from the, uh, well, I suppose you know Charlie Charlie Ward is fighting uh, Kyle Clunts, I believe is his name as well. Let me just look at it here. Yeah, um, he's a guy with good jujitsu, good wrestling as well. Which you know, watching a couple of Charlie Ward's fights last night, maybe has a little bit of an issue with. Uh, we we know Charlie, a big striker, knockout artist. Uh, what what you think? It, like Charlie, obviously he's been around SPG and around the gym for a, for a long time there, and he's getting his his big shot with Bellator now, and he's doing pretty well in it, isn't he, Charlie? He's he's doing well over the last while since he came out of the UFC and went to Bellator. Yeah, well, he's been in some exciting fights, and he's uh, kind of just slugs it out, and either he goes down or his opponent goes down, which is always exciting, and uh, obviously the Irish crowd will get behind him as well. So uh, I understand why he's on the card, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, Charlie, if it's at 185, I think the last fight was at 185 and he looked pretty out of shape. I think it's better for him that he has to kind of make 170, so he has to kind of stay in shape. But This is at 185, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was watching one of his fights last night at 185, the one against uh, the opponent Will Flores fighting this weekend. Let me just check his name here now a second. Um, Justin Moore. And John McCarthy was on the call and he was saying Charlie absolutely killed himself to get down to 170 and he didn't suit, it all. It didn't suit him at all. He didn't really like it. So I don't know, maybe there's an in-between. Maybe Charlie's one of these in-betweeners who's kind of caught between two weight classes and maybe neither of them suit him as much as the other. But yeah, it's... Look, it's interesting to see how he gets on in, in that spot anyway. Um, as I said, the other one in the men uh, card in is um, Aaron Chalmers against uh, Austin Klim. Watching a bit of Austin Klim, you know, he's he's 3-1 in his career. He has very good takedowns, but on the ground, I don't think he has fantastic jiu-jitsu. Every fight, is, I think I watched two or three fights of him, and he got knocked down in every every fight. He just throw a punch at him and you're hitting him in the chin, but he he might take you down before that. Uh, so look, it's it's Aaron Chalmers, the matchmaker for Aaron Chalmers is always uh, a bit different to everyone else, which favorable, favorable, <laughs> which people hate or people like. But uh, I think if you don't understand it, <laughs> you're not paying attention. But yeah, uh, look, I think either he'll take Aaron Chalmers down and beat him on the ground. Uh, around Aaron Chalmers will probably knock him out. I'd say Chalmers will probably knock him out, judging by the look of him. But uh, look, there you go. Anyway, this key for Crosby fight, right? I have never ever watched a fighter before like uh, Imac Fortado. I've never seen a fighter like him before. I watched I took three of his fights, right? And all he does is attack the body. That's uh, he comes out. What? Please, someone just just look him up if you're listening to this. Look up any of his fights on YouTube, and all he does he kicks to the body, punches to the body. Maybe every fifteen shots he'll throw a headshot. I have never ever seen anything like. He's good as well. He's not actually bad. Have you not? Have you not played against somebody who uh, does that in the UFC? The UFC game. <laughs> that, that's what he's like. That's what he's like. That's how we learn this trade. <laughs> this is. I'm. I like. I don't. I actually. I don't think I'm looking forward to any card this or any fight in this card as much as this one now, just to see what the crack is with this lad. He's a mad lad altogether. He's, this he's, was a shout for the for the comment event as well, I think, or yeah. even the main event where Kiefer Crosby's able to sell a fight and he's mm. uh, 
kind of undefeated yeah. <laughs> in most people's minds. Obviously, uh, the guy had to be taken away in a neck brace. I hope he's hope he's recovered hope from he's that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> pray for whatever that last name is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Pray for that guy with the neck brace. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that would have been a shout as well for because like as you said, this guy's got an interesting style. They both got good records. Uh, Kiefer is an up and comer. He's taking his time. He's not rushing like you know. Uh, back in the the amateur days, people kind of nearly writing off Kiefer Crosby, but it just shows like that's what amateur is for is mm. to make these mistakes and improve and you know uh, you can have some big amateur fights like for example the IO Daily yeah, fight was a huge. big hype fight and you know you feel that kind of pressure or that kind of big stage and quality opponent before you, it goes in your record and that, that definitely stands to you um, so Kiefer Crosby is a lot more experienced than even his record would show and uh, yeah he's, he's I think he's uh, it's, it's, this, this guy's a bit of a crazy style, so it, it's hard to predict what he's going to do. But I expect Kiefer Cosby to win here, and with a win here, he's he, you know, he'd be he'd be looking for a major step up. I think in competition towards looking for a belt, looking for a title shot. Yeah, the last media I was talking to him at, you know, there was talks of James Gallagher going and fighting in America, and you know, I asked a few of the people there, would you like to be the next main event when James moves on to America? And Kiefer was like, yeah, straight away, I have to be the main event. I have a huge Dublin support. Did you know, Dublin people draw on Dublin. P- Dublin people love Dublin people, and I think everyone knows that. Uh, and he, every time Kiefer comes out, he gets an absolutely huge pop. Even in his last fight against the guy who came in and shot us, who no one really knew, the crowd were mad up for Kiefer, and he he definitely draws them. I think he brings lots of fans. And I say he's probably a good t- a ticket seller as well as Kiefer. So, yeah, he was definitely a, as a shout for main event here. And I think maybe the next time he he could be uh, he could be a main event. So it's interesting to see how it goes. But that's that's no gimme fight at all. I think it's uh, an interesting fight. Looking forward to seeing it. Um, right, the the Paul Redmond George Carcanyon fight. I think this is up there with the with the Franz Malambo Ricky Bende has fight as the two standout fights in this card in terms of quality. You know, we know George Carcanyon being around for absolutely years. What's his record? 28, 10 and 1. Lots of fights there. Paul Redmond, 15 and 7, being in Cage Warriors, being in the UFC, being in KSW, being everywhere. A really high quality fighter as well. I think it's I think it's a very, very difficult fight for Paul Redmond. I'm not gonna lie. I think George Carcanyon is good on the feet, he's good on the ground, he's good everywhere. Paul Redmond is as well though, and I think he's been kind of waiting for a time to show it. His last year has been kind of ravaged with injuries. He had that bad broken nose and he was coming back for a fight, then got injured again. And he's coming back in a you know a tough fight against uh, Georgia Carcanyon. But you know, with all these lads getting signed to Bellator, the, these Irish lads, especially you know Norman was kind of talking about getting signed at first, and Peter Queeley and Paul Redmond. These are the sort of fights we wanted them to fight in. You know, we wanted the likes of Queeley versus Prime, which was supposed to be on this card, and Paul Redmond against Georgia Carcanyon. Uh, so it's good we're getting this, even though it's down in the cards, and even though I'd probably be better off and more hyped if it was higher up, because Paul Redmond's a Dublin guy as well, and Dublin people love Dublin people, and I'm sure he'd get a big pop, but regardless of that, very good fight, isn't it, this one? Yeah, it is, and, uh, you know, Carrick Canyon's a very good fighter, but, like, if... if... Paul Redman can implement his game. It's a very awkward style, a very yeah. tough style to deal with. It's a grinding style, and I do think Caracanian is going to cause a lot of problems for for Redman on the feet. And he could on the ground, but if if Redman can, you know, he's he's not afraid of of implementing a game plan to mm-hmm. a tee and not really worrying about what what the, what the crowd think or what the what the fan enjoyment level is. He knows how to get a job done, and he does have some tricky submissions himself as well. Uh, obviously, he's shown leg locks and t- heel hooks and stuff in the past, so you've always got to be wary of them. But I, I do think it's a, it's a very difficult matchup. But I, I see this being I see this being close. 
close rounds, but I, I, I'd probably I see this I see this being a difficult fight for for Edmund. He yeah. probably probably lose this one. To be honest, yeah. Uh, like uh, Paul Redman and Joe this is a very experienced guy with, is, with, yeah. a, with a lot with, with, with a lot of tools and like I wouldn't be surprised like if, if Redman could grind him out but I think he'd, he'd have to be nearly perfect to close to perfect anyway to, to, to win here I've always thought of Paul Redman and Joe McCulligan as well as two guys who I just at some stage I expect them to kick on and like just have a very good win like over a, a top name or just kick on to get to like a place where their career just changes from that point you know what i mean like paul Raymond's i remember watching like a jiu-jitsu match he did a while back and he's looking at his wrestling I was like fuck it he should use that wrestling a little bit more and I, I know he does use it but like his submission game we all know about his submission game his jiu-jitsu is absolutely fantastic and if you put the wrestling with that, that's a perfect combination. So maybe that's a way for him to go here. And his striking, I think, has been improving over the years. But it's it's tough as when you're not getting that many fights, when you're getting injuries and stuff, especially at, like, this This is the prime of Paul Redmond's career right about now. And when when you're not getting fights for one reason or another around then, and not many of them either, it, you know, it delays you a bit. So this is a big fight. A win here changes Paul Redmond's career. And, you know, some people will rise to that or some people will fall with that. But I feel Paul Redmond will rise to that. I'm not saying why I'd probably pick Georgie Carcanyan to win the fight as well, but I feel Paul Redmond will come out here and be fucking bang up for this. I feel like it'll be a very, very good fight. Uh, but let's see how it goes. Um, right. There's some big fights as well. Philip Peter against Daniel Crawford. Carl Moore is fighting here against uh, as well against the guy whose name I definitely can't pronounce. Uh, Lewis Long, Oliver Inkamp. That's up there with uh, the high-quality fights in this card as well. A very, very good fight there. Will Flory against Justin Moore. Interesting to see how Will Flory bounces back after losing to arguably one of the best prospects in the world, Norbert Navinny, in his last fight. I really, really <laughs> think Norbert is a very good uh, a very good fighter, and there's no shame at all in Will Fury losing that. Fighting Justin Moore, who's an absolute brick shithouse, fought Charlie Ward there uh, recently as well. So <laughs> anytime you fight someone with that, those physical attributes, it's tough. But uh, I, I'd, I'd actually fancy Will Flory in, in that as well. I think he'll be able to come through it early. Uh, Richie Smullen uh, is fighting Ranjit Barria as well here. You know, Richie 5-1 now, the last, his last fight he came out after, and he was, he was bang up. He was like, I'm ready, I'm ready for a push here, and Bellator put me on, and they really haven't done that, but, you know, I'm sure he'll be he'll be saying the same thing if he wins this year. Uh, Blaine Driscoll on the card, uh, as well, Danny Nyland getting her, her second fight out here, big prospect, Danny Nyland, you know, it's a good time for, for women's MMA in, in Ireland, with Liam McCor coming through here, uh, and I'm sure Danny will want to, to, to get on the back of that as well, and maybe be the next one there uh, coming through as well. Uh, you have Ilias Bulliad, who's that kickboxer fighting on this card as well. Dylan Logan fighting. Uh, he was supposed to fight Tom Mearns. I'm just looking at topology, but he's fighting someone different here. Have you heard this Tom Mearns story? Very interesting. So, the, Tom Mearns uh, was scheduled to fight Dylan Logan. He was taken off and he was replaced. And then he heard about it on Facebook for the first time. So, he did an interview with Jerry over in KO Media. Uh, and he said that they basically took him off for no reason but had said previously that he needed a doctor's letter and things like that so i contacted bellator i contacted mike mazuli uh, mike mazuli actually sent me the email that he had sent to tom mearns saying that you needed to get a doctor to to sign you off to say you can make it healthily i thought that was a very odd thing and i've never heard that before but and i said that to mike mazuli and mike mazuli told me that they have done it before. They did it with, I think he said Henderson. I, I presume that's Benson Henderson uh, and uh, a couple of more people as well. So this is a thing they do where you can go to your doctor and get him to sign off. Tom Mearns never did that. So they said, it's not fair on your opponent. If you can't make weight, if you can't healthily make weight, it's not fair on you. So they pulled him out of the fight. 
I, I, I think would they have done that with a bigger, yeah. more important <laughs> spiders. Yeah, <laughs> that, that there were the two thoughts I had. Were look, that's fair enough, <laughs> you know. And then would they have done it with James Gallagher, or would they have done it with Liam McCor? Mm, I don't, I don't know. But look, it's it's an interesting one as well. Um, Kieran Clark is fighting Jamie Faldling, uh, Constantine Blanchard back in this card as well. We mentioned Charlie War. Beck Rollins is on the card as well. Obviously, a big name uh, from the world of BKB and UFC and everything like that. Uh, Chris Duncan uh, is on the card as well, and then the the other two fights. Then uh, we leave, we leave the best for last. Richard Kiley. <laughs> we, well, we'll talk about Richard Kiley first. Richard Kiley versus um, George Hardwick. I'm looking at George Hardwick, he reminds me of every Irish fighter that came through directly after Conor McGregor, who kind of boxes from a from a karate stance, which I'm sure uh, Richard Kiley will be well used to. But uh, he's a good fighter as yeah, well. Yeah, but he's an experienced guy. Like he's six and one an amateur uh, as well. Um, um and then he's obviously um four and one in in a pro and his only yeah. loss came against an undefeated fighter in Cage Warriors in his last fight. So obviously Richard Guy doesn't really take easy fights. He just yeah fair play like fight, yeah. fights whoever and fair play to him and he's definitely a very dangerous guy on the on the feed. And I say this guy will be looking to not having seen this this guy much or at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you look just looking at his record, I think he'd be looking to take this to the ground and. Obviously, Kylie would be looking to take him out, so that's always interesting when it's kind of the contrasting styles. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I feel like they could fight it out in the feed. It'd be interesting to see what Hardwick does. Maybe, maybe he will when he's fighting someone. Kylie such an awkward style and everything. I look forward to talking to Kylie during the week uh, to see his fitness levels. You know, because he, you know, it's kind of maybe not well publicized, but he he had an injury coming into that MVP fight, and it was a pretty. You know, pretty bad injury, but you know, t- I haven't talked to him since since that. Um, you know, he was he was definitely on the road to recovery. I think everyone, including himself, maybe thought this fight with card would come a little bit too soon. But you know, he's coming and taking this fight in short notice, and I think it's a hundred and eighty pound catch weight. If I'm not wrong, it says one hundred and seventy on on uh, topology here, but I believe it's it's more than that. So it's interesting to see uh, how healthy Richard Kiley is right now. But um, yeah, look, looking forward to seeing that anyway. You know, you can say what you want about Richard. I I've great time for Richard. I think he's uh, I think he's a gas man and he's an uh, enjoyable fighter as well. But he fucking takes hard fights. He'll take fights on short notice. He'll fight MVP. He'll fight Alex Lahore in uh, you know in in a big fight in uh, in Bama as well. And at three and two, there's not many fighters five fights into their career who who have had as much shine as Richard Kiley has. So you can't take that away from him. And then. In my opinion, the best fight in the card. I think, in your opinion as well, the best fight in the card. Ricky Bandejas versus Franz Malambo. You know, Ricky has has shown against James Gallagher what he's able to do. You know, he's a very well-rounded fighter, a good striker, has power as well. He hasn't had a great time since the James Gallagher fight. You know, he's um, obviously after beating James, he lost to Juan Arculeta and then uh, Patchy Mix, who you know Mix, in my opinion, is one of the best prospects in the world as well uh, at the moment. But he came back and he won his last fight in uh, last uh, August, I believe it was. So this is a an absolute. It, you know, it's a big fight for for Ricky Bandejas because if he wins this, then he's kind of embedded back into that Ireland picture where he could be fighting in the main event next time against the James Gallagher. He could be fighting Brian Moore coming back and maybe a co-main event or something like that. Um, and he has big fights, you know, he, we called it Joe McCulgan the SBG hunter for a while, it could be Ricky Mendez is the next SBG hunter, and he could, with every win, he'd probably get another big fight as well, so that's interesting for him, but for Franz Malamba, he's another one who's, whose skill set is there, as long as he kind of doesn't beat himself at times, isn't it, you know, you always give out to Franz for jumping on guillotines and stuff, but if Franz can keep the fight on the feet, there isn't many fighters at £135 
that can live with Franz's speed and his striking as well at, at you know, a certain level. I'm, you know, he's obviously on his way up. I'm not saying he's going to be fucking Dominic Cruz or anything like that right now. But at, at this sort of level, Franz is a tough fight, isn't he, for anyone on the feet? Yeah, he is. He's, he's extremely good and extremely fast on the feet. I think the, in my opinion, besides kind of, you know, pulling guillotines, the, the he needs more dedication to training. That's, that's it. Like, I, I'm not sure what's going on in this camp. But in in previous years, sometimes you'd hear Franz would have a fight coming up, and he'd be nowhere to be seen in the, in in the gym. Um, and even this is a funny story. I ran into him in in a shopping center, and uh, he was like, "Oh, I have, uh, where have you been? I, I haven't seen you in a while." I was like, "Oh, I've been in, down in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> where where have you been?" And he's like, "Ah, you got me." <laughs> That's funny. You know, but like it's funny and all, but like you know, for such a talented guy, I think he was what like eleven and eleven and two as an amateur. Uh, I MMAF, mm-hmm. I MMAF world champion. Yeah. Uh, you know he's 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 got a lot of a lot of talent, and mm-hmm. he, even you know obviously he came in and fought some really tough guys straight away. He fought yeah. like a uh, he fought Darren O'Gorman mm-hmm. in his first fight. Obviously got a quick knockout. Then he fought a, a, a an Ultimate Fighter veteran in a second fight mm-hmm. over in over in China. I think it was somewhere in Asia. He went over and fought this guy. You know that's a, that's a tough fight. Then he goes over to Brave and fights Stephen Loman, their champion. Uh, difficult style match of a wrestler as well. Like, and he fought him twice and lost him twice by decision. Um, and then obviously his other loss has been submitted by Aiden James and Brave as well. So, uh, who was an- another undefeated guy at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he's been on a three fight win streak now, Franz. And his last his last win was over Dominic Wooding, who's obviously a really talented guy as well, really highly touted prospect, experienced guy as well. So, you know, Franz. If if he can put it together, you know he really he really is very dangerous, and he's as you said he's extremely fast and accurate on the feet, yeah. and he just needs to avoid making stupid decisions like jumping guillotines, and he needs to. I'm not sure what's been happening with this camp, but he needs to dedicate himself to a camp. If you know if you're gonna if you're gonna make it to the top of this game, you have to put in the errors. Yeah, 100. percent uh, funny, two funny stories actually. That, that fight in China that Franz Malambo had didn't Paul Redmond ref that fight? <laughs> I do. Yeah, he, did, he yeah. blew it as well, didn't did he? he? Did blew he? It. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a ground and pound finish when it was like nowhere near a finish. Like. Really? I don't remember that. I think I, I think I think probably like I was thinking at the time. I think uh, Reds are was probably overcompensating to not favor the other Irish guy. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, every was, time yeah. I've seen Paul Ripman ref loads in Cage Legacy and stuff, he's always been a very good referee. He blew though. it, Roger. He blew yeah. it. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, but uh, SBG anti-bias. <laughs> this year, you know, I, you know, that's one point maybe we didn't... But like it's an awkward position yeah. like, when you're, you know, you're yeah, is, yeah. trying not to be biased or unbiased and then you're just, it it's, shouldn't be in the ref's head. It shouldn't be a factor. You should be just worrying about what's happening in the fight. Yeah, it is, I suppose. But yeah, look, before we move on from this card, I suppose, and also as well, my uh, apparently uh, a friend of mine like texted me a few weeks ago and he goes, "Do you know Franz Malamba?" And I was like, "Yeah, he's a MMA fighter. He's pretty good." Why? He's like, "I I I work with him. <laughs> like he's he works in like uh like a landscaping. Landscaping. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how, that the word wouldn't come up. Yeah, so he actually works with him. And he's like, "Oh yeah, slag him the next time you say him or something." I was like, "Oh, gee, that's small world." But yeah, that's a that's a funny story. Yeah, but. Yeah. yeah, you know, like he has wins over guys like Felipe Efron, who's twelve and two at the yeah, time. Like, very uh, good, like, yeah. knocked him out in the second round. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy when when he's on and when when he's taken seriously, he's a very dangerous fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
Right, uh, I was going to like say something about SPG and Paul Redmond in there, but I think we've talked about it enough, and I think, uh, like, to, I wonder how much of a reason that Paul Redmond is down the card is an SPG thing, like, it's, because it makes, it makes so little sense, I know Paul Redmond doesn't really care that much, and, you know, it's, it's just, it just feels wrong, <laughs> I don't know why. But like, I, I, you know, uh, yeah. if, like, uh, Paul Redmond has never been a draw, no. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, if you put up an article about Paul Redmond, it's probably not going to do very much. If you put up an interview, it's probably not going to do very much. Yeah, but uh, just the way it is. Yeah, but what what difference is him being a draw actually make? Like the, the tickets are basically sold at this stage. It's people going to the fight are going to hear Dublin. Are people tuning in on TV. Do they do they think oh, this up and coming guy is is more interesting than Paul Redmond? Maybe that's what Bellator think they yeah, but think what, that they what do. up and coming guy? Like the the two people in our our. Charmers. Charmers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Jarmers and Ward. Yeah, but Kiefer, yeah. Yeah, Kiefer's on the... Yeah, I can understand why Kiefer's in the coming event, definitely. But, like, why... why I don't know. But why isn't Paul Redmond even on, yeah, on the... You know, but it's the coming event of the... Of the fucking... Oh, this is so weird. Oh, yeah, of the yeah, 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 Sky yeah. Sports oh, yeah. portion thing. So, I've... Like, when we have this two-portion card of, like, Sky Sports and then Channel 5... There ne- I think it's even more important then to have a build to the very top for the people in the actual arena because there's sometimes there's a feel of oh you have a main event and then you have like the opening card of the main card and then you have a main event again two fights later I think you need to f- stack that there with the best fights you have especially when James Galler and Peter Queeley are off the card because it's a natural when Peter Queeley Peter Queeley comes out and he walks out to the Cranberries and it's absolutely huge and then you have the couple of fights and then you have James Galler again it's absolutely huge the problem is now you'll have I think the Paul Redmond fight which could be really good the Ricky Pandejas fight that'll be really good at the very start of the card and then you'll have lots of fights that you know it will either be good or they'll be good and, and they'll have big reaction or they'll be good and they'll have won't have that much reaction where there's no kind of natural up and down in the middle of that card i feel like it's just put together really badly and i like it's it's an i feel like if paul redmond was an sbg fighter and he was fighting georgia car canyon would he be in the comment event i think he probably would like which is which is the unfortunate part about it but you can look at the friends of ricky ben they has fighting said that as well and they're not so Maybe it's just incompetence don't wear around, so who knows. But anyway, we've gone maybe on. Maybe the whole fight card order will change and maybe, all of this will yeah. be erroneous. <laughs> right, before we go, um, I have to mention the whole the whole judging thing because this week has just been... I, I, I literally couldn't sleep. I thought you were going to mention your, your, the soccer team you've been supporting for the last two years being caught look, for cheating. We, uh, <laughs> no, we're not, not going to do that in this one because I have another bit of a podcast to record after this, so we leave it. But, um, so, there was... I literally couldn't sleep for like two days because I was so mad at people that were, the, the way they were talking about <laughs> judging. I think anyone who listens to this podcast knows that we've we've put in the time to talk about judging in in a in an unbiased way with all the information you know we've talked about every decision for years and whether it's good or bad and maybe only for the last year or so based on the actual scoring criteria and we've learned as we go everyone listening to this has probably learned as we go you know i've spoken to ben cartilage on the podcast off the podcast and we have gone that way and we have really uh, you know I, i saw um the Sound of Violence tweeting out about it that there's only two podcasts who talk about judging in this way us and John McCarthy which I think <laughs> maybe tells a story in itself in fairness and I don't want to blow my own trumpet or anything but that's the way we've done and 
for me to see this bullshit being talked about judging and officiating over the last few days it really hurt me like it does like I, I, I need to do something. I put out that video and it, it did you know pretty well. Only a couple of thousand people have watched it or whatever. More people need to watch it. If you haven't watched it, and there's way more people listening to this podcast and have watched that video, so go over to the Severe May YouTube, the judging criteria explained. I guarantee you, you'll enjoy the video. I haven't had one word, bad word about it. Everyone has said it was good. John Anik listened to it. John Gooden listened to it. Luke Thomas, Ariel, everyone has tweeted it out and, and liked it, so I, I guarantee you, you will too. And... I went from that position of like being mad about people talking shit about judging to actually being happy that this happened because so many people talked about it. Ariel had Mark Goddard on his show, a very tough spot for someone who's maybe not used to doing podcasts and things like that. And you get a 15 minute slot and you're trying to get all the information in for someone who's maybe unexperienced at that. It's very tough. I think if Mark Goddard sat down with Ariel for two hours or an hour and had that conversation, it'd look a lot better. I think Andy Foster did a good job in that podcast as well. Luke Thomas had guys on. And a lot of people were talking about it, and I feel like the understanding for judging has maybe improved a little bit. We all there's so much bullshit being talking like this, this open scoring thing. I think it there's couldn't be a worse idea. Everyone's saying like, oh, the criteria is stupid, it doesn't work, so let's have open scoring. Open scoring does not change the criteria in one bit. It's you just tell us what the score is, like the end of the fight. You're just gonna cause more problems. You're gonna have judges quitting because they're gonna feel like they're under attack in the middle of fights when the crowd jumps out of them and starts fucking attacking them. Uh, it's open scoring. Uh, look, trial it if you want, but it's going to be a disaster. I think. Anyone who's ever covered boxing and seen open scoring knows it. Anyone who's put real thought into it knows it. And that's that's that. The, look, the fights last week, we'll just quickly here, watch watch my video on, on our YouTube first and then watch the third round of Ilir Latifi versus Derek Lewis. You won't do anything better for your understanding of MMA than do that and see how Derek Lewis won that round. See what impactful striking means in that fight. I went back and watched the John Jones fight against Dominic Reyes again. Such, such, such a close fight. And I think a lot of people say, right, the, the, the judging we have at the moment is uh, is too subjective. But what can you do with a round like the third yeah, round? It has to be, it has to be subjective. It though. has to be subjective. Like, did was that punch harder than that punch? That's subjective, and that's what fighting is. There's, unless someone gets knocked out with it, then there's no subjectiveness about it. But if it goes to a decision, it's going to be subjective. You have no, no criteria unless in the it's world. Like fencing or something, you put on like a fencing suit and yeah. you measure how much force hit them. Exactly, unless you want to put a, <laughs> a chip into the gloves. Yeah. yeah, it makes people have not put an ounce of thought into it saying the 10 by muslim isn't fit for purpose even though you haven't even read the rules of mma and see it's totally different for boxing it's a boxing system you haven't read the rules you fucking idiot if you're saying that like i oh I my a lot god of people it's so annoying. Are still scoring it in their head and still scoring it in their mind yeah. as the old rules mm -hmm. and if you're doing so that fair enough but say there. that yeah like, wh why are people in MMA? I, I, don't, I don't think it's a conscious decision. I think it's no, just. No, yeah. But then people roar and shout about it as well. I won that round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I think if you're doing. Uh, why are people in MMA? The thing that frustrates me more. Why are people in MMA? They'll put hours and years of their life into thinking up new ways of how we should score. I like John Kavanagh's tweet about if it was a real fight in, in real life. John, Kavanagh, or, uh, John Jones was winning at the end, so he wins. I wonder, does he think Nate Diaz beat Conor McGregor in the second fight over that, <laughs> in the same thing? Oh, I highly doubt it. So, it's, like, this just bullshit. We have, the, we have the scoring system there. Use the scoring system we have and look at fights uh, that way. Also, as well, people, this verdict MMA thing, 
oh my god people need to stop reading that they're not need to stop tweeting it out it is the stupidest system ever it oh my god and i know there's probably a lot of people listening to this who like verdict mma or whatever but let me tell you now it's the verdict mma is this thing where people who don't know the judging criteria i'd say probably 99 percent of them send in their scores right for each round then they're added together you come up with like a 1.9 percentage of people think he won it or whatever and then they're all added together at the end and you it's scored as a total fight so you're scoring each round individually but then the whole fight is scored as a total fight which makes absolutely zero sense from people who don't know the rules people give out about judging right and then they say right <laughs> these people who have read the rules who understand the rules are not as good as people off the street who don't have the rules who score the fight in rounds but actually the result is given over the full fight you like it's the most stupid system ever can we please right if you want to make uh, if you want to talk about judging if you want to talk about ways to improve it know the way it is first that's all i ask you go and watch that video go on and listen uh, uh go, go and read the rules you'll take 45 minutes at most to do those two things and then give us your suggestions but until then don't <laughs> right but before you do that head over to itunes and give us a five-star rating and a review yes. <laughs> subscribe yes. on spotify all that stuff even mm-hmm. subscribe in multiple places it yeah. helps us out gets more people listening uh yeah all that soundcloud stuff. as well i think we're on we're on like 750 people on soundcloud which is like a tiny percentage of the people who actually listen so if you are you're on soundcloud if you li- uh, use soundcloud please subscribe to us on soundcloud even if you're done somewhere else because soundcloud is our main thing we put it up there on soundcloud we chart every week on soundcloud it's 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 really good even though most people aren't subscribed like there's only like i think there's only like 10 percent of people or something who listen to this podcast absolutely actually subscribe to the podcast so if we even got another 10% of them, it'd be absolutely huge for us. We'd be able to get maybe sponsors and things and earn a little bit more money out of it. And obviously you can help us out as well. Sign up patreon.com forward slash Severe May podcast. And as well, subscribe to the Severe May YouTube. I know I'm asking a lot here, but it's, uh, Severe May YouTube is free. And I'm going to be at Media Day on Thursday. And I'm uh, going to get loads of interviews, obviously on, on Sunday as well. Or on Saturday night as well. I'm going to have the, the videos up after that. So big week coming up for us. And uh, now... Sean Sheehan is going to talk about the fights. Anything to say, Graham, before I head, send it over to myself for the, the fights, the, the uh, Corey Anderson, Jan Blavich fights? Who do you think is going to win? Give us your prediction there before the fight comes on. Corey Anderson decision. Yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> see, see, see if I, uh, in, in a couple of minutes, you'll, you'll know if I'm right or, or wrong. <laughs> me too, me too. Less. Right. Just uh, throwing it over now to Sean Sheehan to talk about last night's card. Sean Sheehan, take it away. Thank you very much, Sean. Very, very good of you to throw it over to me like that. Um, so, the card was not as good as maybe I thought. I put up a post there on Patreon on Saturday and I said, like, it was maybe like flying under the radar a little bit that there was lots of good fights on this card and lots of maybe not you know good fights in terms of big names or anything like that, but there was lots of like exciting guys uh, who could put on good fights. But... It kind of did go that way, I suppose. Uh, and I put up that the main event might be the most exciting <laughs> fight in the world. And then, you know, it turned out to be a, a big, huge, first-round KO. So I was, I was wrong on that count. I suppose, let's get to that first. There isn't much analysis to do on that main event. Um, I did their first fight over in the rewatch this week and talked about how Corey Anderson kind of beat Blahovic in, in every area. You know, he... He won the takedown battles. He won the striking battle. He won the jabbing battle. Looked like Blahovic was a little bit uh, stronger than him 
early, but he won that battle too. And in this fight, I tweeted afterwards, it's like, what do, what do you do when someone beats you that easily? <laughs> so maybe you bite down in your mouthpiece and just throw fucking heaters right down the middle. And that's what Blahovic did, and he bided his time and he waited for that one big shot and he landed it. And that's a smart game plan, really, isn't it? When you're fighting someone who's basically better than you in every area. Now, I know Blahovic has improved, and he was actually landing some nice jabs. At one stage, he threw a big uppercut, and he just barely kind of grazed him. But you could see, oh, he's throwing big shots here. And when he threw that shot down the middle, like, if you watch it back again, Corey Anderson throws the leg kick. He just says, fuck this, I'm taking his leg kick, and I'm coming straight down the middle and throwing this shot, and it landed dead on he blue screened him immediately went down and landed the uh the coffin nail on the ground when you know there was really no need for it but you have to do it <laughs> you have to do what you have to do i suppose john jones was sitting cage side if you didn't stay up for it and missed it john jones was there and he he jumped up he was sitting up and he see all the crowd were roaring for it blahovic called him out he seemed to reciprocate so maybe that maybe that's the fight that's gonna happen you know, I'd, I'd still rather see the Reyes fight, I'd rather see Thiago Santos fight as well, but he's put himself right in the picture, hasn't he, by by doing that right in front of John Jones against uh, against Corey Anderson, and, you know, the last time we thought, uh, when it was Reyes and Corey Anderson and Johnny uh, Johnny Walker, you know, we thought maybe, who, you know, who, who was going to win, if, if Johnny Walker won, we thought he'd get the title shot, because he's the big name, and everyone seems to like him, but if the other two, maybe they might struggle, and then, Reyes ended up getting it, maybe it'll be the same way here, we all think maybe Reyes is going to get it now, because it was, it was such a good fight the first time, or maybe Jones will go to heavyweight, but maybe it'll surprise us again, it's, we don't know really, we really don't know, but after tonight, you know, it's, it was really the perfect statement made from Jan Blachowicz, wasn't it? If you were to say, like, Blahovic is probably, out of all the contenders, probably the least likely before tonight. But then he comes out and he knocks Corey Anderson out in one round after Corey Anderson had knocked out Johnny Walker. So, you know, what more can you do if you're Jan Blahovic really, really good? And uh, a great win for him. Um, in the comment event, then, I won't keep everyone too, too long here because the podcast already, what, uh, an hour and nine minutes and we talked a lot. So, uh, I won't keep everyone here. The Q&A actually be free this week as well so if you have questions after this i'll probably record it sunday night uh so it'll be free this week send in your questions at severe or questions at severe or if you're over on patreon you can send them there too um the main event diego sanchez versus <laughs> versus Miguel Pereira. it was a lot less mad i suppose than that we uh had expected but it was still good it was still very fun it was still very very entertaining first thing that happened Diego Sanchez came out and threw, threw a rolling thunder came straight at Mikel Pereira tried to knee him in the face or the top of the head or whatever and Mikel kind of dodged away from it um he was he was a lot more normal than this he was still throwing a few Superman punches off the cage and uh, and showtime punches and <laughs> showtime kicks and stuff and uh, he definitely won the first round and then some nice uppercuts as well in the second round he absolutely dominated Diego uh, threw a big suplex at the end, but Diego was kind of just sprinting forward a lot, trying to land shots. Went for one takedown at one stage and didn't get it. And turned in, it was purely just him sprinting forward. And <laughs> with two minutes left on the clock, the fight got to the ground. Per, uh, well, Pereira's pushing him up against the cage, uh, landing a few knees. Then Diego went to the ground. He was on the ground, and Pereira hit him with an illegal knee on the ground. Diego got a cut in his head. Um... 
and he did something which was very non-Diego Sanchez like he asked can I have a way out can I have a DQ will I win and Jason Herzog basically told him yeah and he said grand I'll take that so and he took his DQ win uh, it probably would have been a draw if that hadn't happened Pereira had won the first two rounds and Diego would have won a 10-8 in the, in the third so it would have been a draw but overall you know <laughs> it, it was it's odd to see Diego Sanchez do that isn't it but you know, maybe if it if it leads to a rematch, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't mind seeing it again. It was like it didn't have the madness that we expected with Miguel Pereira throwing like loads of rolling thunders and suplex. Well, he did one suplex, but you know all his mad stuff. He was doing. He did a bit of dancing. He did it before he came into the cage and things. But the the madness kind of came afterwards with the you know the illegal D and then Diego basically saying I'll I'll take the DQ please. Which is very on Diego Sanchez, like he's usually, you know, fight till I fucking die kind of job Diego is, so yeah, it's unusual to see it I suppose, but look, you gotta do what you gotta, gotta do and we talked about open scoring a little bit earlier on and all the open scoring people who's rubbish the idea of lads looking for a way out in the third round when they know they can get a win, well, now this proves it <laughs> that lads will do that like Diego could have got on I think he knows I think you know as a doctor kind of said oh it's a gun into his eyes like it was and anyone who's ever watched a, a fight knows that uh, that sort of cut is people go on with it all the time um but like I think Diego's right <laughs> to be honest I'm a big fan of the Diego a big fan of Miguel Pereira as well but in that situation you probably should take the if you're being handed a win take the fucking win no absolutely no problem with that but yeah, it was just a weird fight it ended kind of weirdly as well but i wouldn't mind to see the rematch i want to see obviously want to see michael Pereira fight again would have been a good way for diego actually to retire wouldn't it in albuquerque or in rio rancho or wherever it was his home state or close to his hometown on a win um but it was a bit of a weird win so maybe not but anyway right then after that there really wasn't much um there was another DQ in the Brock Weaver Kazula Vargas fight. This was an illegal knee on the ground as well, and even more obvious, it was he was knocked spark out with an illegal knee. That's basically all you need to know. Four or two of the of the first round it was easy call for the ref. There was no instant replay, so he couldn't go back and look at it. But I think he saw it straight up, and when we saw the replay. Usually these, you know, these disqualifications or no contests, whatever they they turn out to be, are always dumb, um, are always talked about and discussed and like, oh, what's the right way to do it? But this, there was no discussion with this, so it was uh, it was really good. Uh, then Montala de la Rosa got a unanimous decision win over uh, Mara Romero Bartello. That was after her husband had been knocked out earlier in the night uh, against uh, Rulan Paev. Uh, Ray Barge, as Dimitri Johnson calls him, uh, came in overweight for his fight and got a good win over Rogerio Bonterin. Land of Anatom, Nancy Mineras, not the exciting fight we were all hoping for, although it, was, it wasn't too bad. I think yeah, uh, Land of Anatom was maybe smarter in this fight and played around. I thought he won the first and the, and the third anyway. Uh, I was kind of sleepy and stuff, so I'm, you know, I'm not 100% correct, but I thought the second was the closest of the three rounds, um, but it's not one you go back and, and watch again, I don't think anyone was complaining, I think everyone thought Lando won anyway. Um, Daniel Rodriguez, probably the standout fighter of the night, beat uh, Tim Means, came out and looked really good, 
against Means, badly wobbled at the end of the second. Could have been a ten-seven in the uh, in the third when, it, or sorry, in the or sorry, badly ro- uh, rocked at the end of the first, I believe, and it could have been a ten-seven in the second. It was going that way, and it was stopped with with a minute and a half left. So, good win for uh, Daniel Rodriguez there against Tim Means, who's obviously been around for a long time. Ended up getting the the submission at the end, I believe it was. Um, then John Dodson with a lovely, lovely KO over Nathaniel Wood. I had it 1-1 going into the third round. I thought Woods landed the harder shots in the first. Dodson the harder shots in the second. But Dodson came out, you know, at 16 seconds of the third round. Big left hand right over the top. I believe it was left hand right hand. A big hand, a hook anyway, right over the top. Knocked Nathaniel Wood down. Uh, Wood kind of, you could see immediately, he was, you know, he kind of, it was one of those ones where the lights get shut out. He wakes back up and by the time he hits the ground, Dodson's already on top of him. And then he tried to turn. He was like on his, you know, the way fighters kind of go to their hands and knees. And he was taking, no, not all the shots landed, some hit him in the arms and stuff. But Dodson probably got off 15 shots. And not one of them was, not all of them landed, but not one of them was defended. And when you're knocked out basically like that, and there's 15 or so undefended shots, the referee's right to stop that fight. You have to, you have to take care of the fighter in that situation. And uh, I think it was, a, I thought it was a good stoppage. At first, it was one where you'd look at and say, "Oh, from the angles, but especially the shoulders, like, oh, he's moving, he's getting up." But then they showed a reverse angle as well, and you know the referee has a good angle of it where he's standing from as well, and he can see into his eyes or anything like that. So I thought it was a a good stoppage. Uh, Scott Holtzman against Jim Miller. Scott Holtzman just, I think, too strong, too big for for Jim Miller, too fast, too athletic. Um, got a few takedowns in that as well, and did a did a great job. Ray Borg as well got a lot of takedowns in in his fight. Uh, as did Mirab Divashvili, he got a shitload of takedowns and had beat uh, Casey Kenny that way and landed a lot of shots on top as well. Devin Clark decision to take Quan Townsend, Messi Chaison decision Shana Young who came in in short notice and made a good account of herself and as mentioned earlier on, Paiva beat Della Rosa. Right, that's it. Went through all the fights there. If you have any more questions on them, lash them over to me at Severe MMA Pod. Uh, or send them in questions at severe MMA.com, I believe it is. Or something. So questions at Severe? Yeah, I don't know. Just You'll find my email, sean at severe MMA.com. You'll get, me, you'll get me there as well. You can send them in there. I definitely know that one anyway. Uh, right, thanks everyone for listening. Obviously, this was a very long podcast at the start with maybe a short review, but I'll have it longer again anyway on the Q&A because it's now half four in the morning and uh, that's it. Patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. I'll see you all next time. Good luck.